Hello, hash crimers. How's it going? We have a crazy episode for you today. There's lots of crazy shit going on with these people. Yeah, these people are fucking psycho. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Monica is going to start us off. My turn. Alright, so this week I got Paul John Knowles. So PJ, I wonder if anybody called him PJ. I hate that name. <laughs> so he was born in night. Like it's creepy. I feel it's a weird name. Yeah. It is. So, just my opinion. It reminds so, me of high school. Well, we had I a kid have. named PJ in our class. Did we? Oh, now I feel mean. I don't mean it like directed towards anybody. It just <laughs> so okay. So, anyways, Pon John Knowles. Um, he was born in 1946. Um, and he was known as the Casanova Killer. And this guy oh, is shit. sexy as fuck. I sent Joel a picture. The jawline. <laughs> the hairline. The not eyes, the nose, type. the mouth. Literally everything. Like It's not my type, but... I would have been like, okay. Monica would have jumped want. off. Yeah, I would have been fine. <laughs> it, well, back then. Until you were dead. You know. Yeah, right. Right. So he was respo- he was responsible for twenty plus deaths, and they all happened in nineteen seventy four. So all in one year, Jesus! Like he went on like a fucking spree. That's ridiculous. I know. Well, like something snapped, <clears throat> obviously. Crap. So he committed his first. Okay, no. So I'll start here first. So wait, <laughs> wait a second. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, no, here we are, here we are. Okay, so he was born in 48 in Orlando, Florida. And his father um, gave him up to foster homes and reformative homes after he was convicted of, like, petty crimes at a young age. Oh, fuck you, Dad. I know, but it also makes me wonder if he had a mom, because, like, I couldn't, it didn't say anything about a mom on any of the sites, so I don't know. Maybe she probably left, or maybe she died. Well, yeah, who knows? So... Um, then he was committed, he committed or he was caught for the first time at 19 years old. So he was probably doing shit before that, but that's the first time he was like caught for real. So he spent time in jail. Um, and then there's not much, like he was in and out of jail from that point up until 1974. Like, um, yeah. not living the best lifestyle, but like he wasn't murdering anybody up to that point. Well, as yeah. far as we know. <laughs> as far as we know. So early in 1974... Um, he was serving time at Rayford Prison in Florida, and that, that's now known as the Florida State Prison. Okay. So it used to be called that. So he began <coughs> writing letters with divorcee Angela Kovic from San Francisco, Ooh. and she made a trip to meet him. Um, he proposed as soon as she got there, um, and she became important. In getting him released, like, she paid for all of the counsel. She paid for everything. She was adamant about it. She pushed everything. Oh, as soon as he was released, he went immediately to her. Like, he flew to her. So, this lady, I guess, was, like, into psychics. And she went <laughs> to a psychic. And her psychic told her that a dangerous man had entered her life. So, she fucking called off the wedding and broke up with him. Oh, shit. 
I know. I know. So she fucking survived. Like, dodged that bullet for sure. Yeah. Um, She was ready to run. Right. So it's not verified, but Knowles said that he murdered three people on the streets that night that that happened. So that would have been his first three known murders at that point. Like, the first three. Well, yeah, you know what I mean. Like when yeah. he he did it, and then he did it twice more, <laughs> like right. in the same night. It's crazy. Jeez. So, um, he was like absolutely crushed. So then he returned to Jacksonville, Florida. Um, he was soon arrested for stabbing a bartender during a fight. <laughs> he was in jail. He picked the fucking lock, and escaped his detention cell, and that was on July twenty sixth, nineteen seventy four. So this is where it, like, all gets, it gets crazy now. Like, this is when he's, like, just going for it. It's just crazy how many people he killed in such a short amount of time. Like, it's, like, day after day after day after day. Like, it's crazy. So the cross-country murder spree started then. Um, It began, like, the night of his escape. So he broke into 65-year-old Alice Curtis's house. He bound and gagged her, ransacked her home for money and valuables, and stole her car. Curtis choked to death on her gag. So nobody knows if he, like, did it on purpose or was like, oh, shit, she's already dead. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. But so then this is where it gets bad on really bad on the street that he intended to abandon her car. He recognized family acquaintances Lillian and Milette Anderson. They were 11 and 7 years old. In fear that they would identify him, uh, he kidnapped them, strangled them, and buried their bodies in a swamp nearby. Jesus. So that would have been up to six murders already. Um, <laughs> he claims that soon after the, that murder, a teen girl walking home, uh, that he murdered a teen girl that was just walking home, but he didn't identify them. Later, the police identified her as Ima Jean Sanders. She was 13 years old. Oh, my God. Yeah. So on August 2nd, a day after the Anderson sisters were found. um, So remember, he did this other Ima Jean murder in between that. So within three days, um, he met a lady named Marjorie Have. And she was 49, and they were in Atlantic Beach, Florida. So he's just hopping all over the place. Like, he's... I mean, he has, like, a stolen car and shit. So... um, So... Nobody knows if, like, she invited him or if he forced her to let her into his home. But he strangled her with nylon stockings and stole her TV. Which, like, why the fuck do you need a TV? You're, like, fucking cruising around yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean like you're fucking driving in a car murdering people like wh- when do you have time to watch tv you're right. killing like Especially- six people in three days like when the fuck do you have time to sit down and watch tv right like what the fuck <laughs> uh, okay so then august 23rd so there was a little bit of a break there he's in at musa musala musala georgia okay musala georgia um georgia. he forced into the home of kathy sue pierce and her three-year-old Oh, geez, he is not a Georgia peach. And he... (laughs) (laughs) And he's uh, strangled Pierce. He left the child physically unharmed. So, like, I mean, he fucking killed his mom. Well, at least he left the And he didn't... I know. Yeah. Yeah, I'll get with that. But that's still fucked up. So then on September 23rd, it's like a week later, 
he goes to Scott's Inn, which is near uh, Lima, Ohio, or Lima, Ohio. Okay. Um, and he met William Bates, who I think this is the only guy. There's another name in here that kind of sounds like it could be a guy. Mm-hmm. But I think this is the only guy, if that one's not. They're all, all the other ones are women. So he's a 32-year-old um, accountant executive at the Ohio Power, Power Corporation. Uh, his wife reported him missing, and the bartender identified um, him, saying that he saw him there at the bar with them. Oh, man. So his body was found um, in October, so it took them about a month, but his body was later found. He was nude and strangled and dumped in the woods. Wow. Um, so he's driving Bates' car now. So that makes Now he's got ten. a different car. Yes. Um, so uh, he's driving Bates' car. Days? I don't even know. Like Not long. Two, four. Not long. Oh my God. It's like two weeks. Something like that. So he's driving Bates' car. He goes to Eli, Nevada. Um, in September 18th, he shoots two elderly campers. There wasn't really a motive, although they did see that he used their credit cards like a little bit. Like, he didn't even, like, go crazy with it. He just, like, got gas and shit. Right. And then, so that was 11 and 12. So, September 21st, now he's in Texas. He got stranded motorcyclist Charlyn Hicks. He abducted and raped her, strangled her with her own fucking pantyhose. Um, he dragged her body through a fucking barbed wired fence. Um, and her body was found four days later. Now he's in Alabama, Birmingham, Jesus, September 23rd. Like he's just going. Yeah. Oh my God. He met a beautician named Ann Dawson, and she paid the bills for about a week. Like, she paid for everything for them for about a week um, until he killed her on September 29th. Why would um, you kill someone who's paying for everything? I don't fucking know. Claims that he dumped the body in the Mississippi River, but her body has never been recovered. Damn. I mean, I believe him. Like... Yeah, how are you? Gonna, I mean, but who knows? Know. Who um, knows where it went? So now it's October 16th. He's in Mar- Marlboro, Connecticut. It's the middle of October, the 16th. Um, he broke into Karen Wett's house and her 16-year-old daughter, Dawn. Um, he bound and raped them before... Um, Killing them with a nylon stocking. The only thing that was missing was a tape recorder. So he's, like, stealing less and, like, abusing more. Wow. It's more about, like, the act of murdering than it is about what he's taking. Right. Um, on the 18th, he's in Virginia, Woodford, Virginia. He shoots 53-year-old Doris Hosey, breaks in just like all the other ones, uh, shoots her with her husband's rifle and then wipes his prints off and leaves the gun next to her head. Which was kind of weird. Right. Like, that was kind of out of character for him. Yeah, that's... Like, I don't know if he was getting nervous at this point, or, like, I don't know. I don't know what was going on. Um, so, they still never found anything. Like, there was no robbery. He didn't even take anything. What? It was just weird. Like, like it was what? just... It was like he just needed his fix. At that point, like, he was... Do- he that's, was. Yeah. You could tell he needed to kill people for whatever reason, but, like... 
he was doing other things too and now i think he's focusing way more on the murder than anything else at that point yeah like it's growing um so, so then how many is this up to now 16 Jesus. he's still in william bates's stolen car um why wouldn't he try to get a new car i don't know so i don't know he's like getting parent i don't know So he picks up two hitchhikers um, in Key West, Florida, and he has the intention of killing them both, but he gets pulled over for a traffic violation <laughs> and the officer doesn't know who he is or doesn't like recognize anything. So he gets away, but it scares the shit out of him. So he drops them off unharmed in Miami and he starts calling lawyers and he called a lawyer. He made, a, like, an appointment. Um, but he only made it long enough to hand in a taped confession. And, like, by the time the officers knew he was there, he was already gone. Like, he, like, went there and dropped it off. Wow. And then left. Um, so now it's November. So on the 6th, he's in Midgeville, Georgia, which I feel like is, like, the cute. It just sounds so cute, doesn't it? Yeah. Like, I want to go there. Dude, those hitchhikers like really lucked out that he got pulled like that's insane i want to like look that up to see if they like they have their story like what it was like Shit. so this is the other one that i'm not sure if it was a guy or not i feel like it is but i don't know carswell car was his name which what a name <laughs> carswell it? car i kind of like the carswell part but carswell car that's very sophisticated it's just old timey <laughs> So he meets them. He is invited back to their house to spend the night. Over drinks, he stabs Carr and strangled her or his uh, 15-year-old daughter. Um, he apparently attempted necrophilia on the 15-year-old daughter's body. God. So it just keeps escalating. It just He just keeps looking for other ways to branch out in his fucked up mess. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Um, Why? So at this time, he's also suspected of the murder of Edward Hillard and Debbie Griffin. Edward Hillard, they were hitchhikers, and Edward Hillard's body was found in the woods. Debbie Griffin's body was never found, but they were together, and it was, like, right whenever he was passing through that area, so it kind of makes sense. And that would have been 1920, but I didn't really count it because it's one of those ones that you don't know. Yeah. And he says he killed over 20. But, um... So then on November 8th, he was bar hopping in Atlanta. Like, he fucking lived the life, man. Yeah. He's, like, a, know, like a fucking psychotic, murdery nomad. Yeah. And just fucking... And he just charms his way into shit. So he meets a British journalist in Atlanta as he's bar hopping named uh, Sandy Fox. And he spent a couple nights together, but he was unable to perform sexually. Um... So, they kind of, like, fizzle out after a couple days. He doesn't kill her or anything, but then he picks up an acquaintance of hers and holds her at gunpoint and demands sex. She escapes and calls 911. Um, they go to arrest him, but he has a brandished, sawed-off shotgun. Oh and he God. makes an escape. Like, holy fuck! Like, aggressive. This guy. So now he's in West Palm Beach, Florida. He invades Beverly Maybe's house. 
abducts her sister and steals their car, goes to Fort Pierce, Florida, and drops the sister off. And she's fine. Physically. Okay. This is like rearing to the end here. So, on November 16th, um, an officer recognizes him. And is like, oh, fuck. So, he tries to arrest him, but he's able to wrestle the pistol out of, pistol out of his hand. He takes him hostage and drives the um, police car. Oh, my God. Turns the siren on and pulls over a, a motorcyclist. And now, I don't understand how this happens because he now he has two hostages, but, like, where's the motorcycle? Yeah. Like, I don't know if he, like, put it down on the road and then took them. But then he took them down to the woods, um, handcuffed them, and shot them both in the head. So that's two guys that he killed, but he didn't do it the same way he normally does. Jeez. Um, so then he crashed into a roadblock, um, injured an officer. He escaped on foot again. There was a shootout. He was shot in the foot. Um, there was a foot race with dogs, officers, several different agencies, Officers from several different agencies um, and helicopters, and he was finally caught on the 17th by a 27-year-old um, vet named David Clark. He just so happened to be on the property because he knew about the manhunt. He was armed. He um, took him into custody, and him and his wife or girlfriend or whatever like called it in, and he was taken away, huh. arrested. So that's fucking awesome. That's crazy. Go him. Good job. What is it, David Clark? Yeah. Clark Kent. Here we go. <laughs> so, um, that's almost who this guy looks like is Clark Kent. Yeah. Like he has kind of that, like the a the jaw and the hair and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. He's well, you can see it in his eyes. eyes. Yeah. yeah. Um. So he was taken into custody. Um. And I guess, I don't know if he was, like, in custody at first or if they were just straight up, like, going straight to, like, a high um, security prison. I'm assuming they were probably just taking him straight to a high security prison. It was two FBI officers in the car. Or maybe it was a cop and an FBI officer. Yeah, that's what it was. So he grabs the handgun off of the cop and the FBI officer who's driving has to turn and shoots him three times in the chest, killing him instantly. So he never even had to go to jail or, like... He did give them some information. Like, I actually think that at one point, they had... He had told them, like, where he had left certain guns or certain things. And they, like, would drive him around and he would show them. Yeah. And there, like, wasn't an issue. And then one time he just... Probably because he knew he wasn't going to be able to get out. Trying to escape. Yeah. And they just shot him. Yeah. I still don't understand, like, why cops shoot to kill. Like, literally shoot them in because the their life Because their life is in danger. That guy, that guy was clearly I mean, trying was... to fucking kill them. Like, in that situation, fuck Wait, yes, you shoot to kill. What the... He's a serial killer in no, the back like, of their car. I thought he was just trying to get away. No, he, he grabbed the gun off of the police officer uh... and shot. So the other FBI agent turned around and shot him three times in the chest. Oh, I thought he was, like, trying to run away. No, he just... Mm -mm. 
Yeah, but honestly, in in that circumstance, also, no, yeah, even if he was running too. away, I would shoot him too because yeah, no, you I'm know he's just going to go him. fucking kill bitches. I'm not saying don't shoot him, but like shoot him in the kneecap so he can't run. I know what you mean. So he has to like pay for it instead yeah. of just. That's why I was like, why do you shoot to kill? Yeah, that makes <laughs> but, sense. Yeah. But yeah, no, I that get that. Sense. But isn't that a fucked up one? Dude, he was fucking like. Fuck how do you PJ get? Knows. No, thank how do you, you? How do you get away from all Close those people? Crazy. My guy's pretty fucked up, too, though. So, I have Doug Clark. And Doug Clark is pretty fucked up. <laughs> so, he was born March 10th, 1948. David Clark. Sorry, I'm just saying. I know. Well, every <laughs> time... fucked up one, though. Well, whenever I was trying to think of his name, whenever I was trying to tell you his name, I kept thinking... Dave Cl- David Clark, uh, because yeah. I watched Revenge and the one guy's name was David Clark. That makes sense. So, but it's Doug Clark. Um, so he was born March tenth, nineteen forty eight, in Pennsylvania. Okay. Ew. <laughs> it's kind of <laughs> creepy. Yeah. And Clark had an accomplice, and her name was Carol M. Bundy. And they were known as either the Sunset Strip Killers, the Sunset Strip Slayers, or the Hollywood Slashers. I kind of like the Hollywood Slashers the best. Um, Yeah, I like that. It just goes good. Yeah, it does. Um, (laughs) So they had six plus victims from June 1st, 1980 through August 12th, 1980. So it was like literally two months and 11 days. So same thing. Like I feel like something just like snaps, or maybe like they yeah. like get a taste for it. Well, this he, I don't know. This guy's kind of crazy, but anyway. So his father, Franklin Clark, was a naval inter. A, what? I'm fucked up right now. But hold on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, his uh, father was a naval intelligence officer. So the family moved frequently during his childhood and uh, claimed to have lived in 30 countries. What? Yeah, crazy. But in 1958, his father left the Navy and became an engineer with the Transport Company of Texas. But the family still moved around. It wasn't like stay in Texas kind of thing. So he's like... Clark has lived in Marshall Island for some time. I tried to figure out where that was, and I couldn't really figure... Yeah, I couldn't really figure it out. Um, Then he moved back to San Francisco. Um, Then he moved again to India. So, like, yeah. And then Clark was sent... To a ex- exclusive international school in Geneva. Then later attend... Yeah. And then he later attended Culver Military Academy. While his father continued to move around the world. Um, okay, so he like, didn't really have... So he didn't really have that parental guidance thing. Yeah. Um, Clark graduated in 1967 and enlisted in the U.S. Air Force, and he was stationed in Colorado and Ohio. Um, okay, so he's, like, doing something good. Yeah, but then, then he eventually got discharged from the Air Force. Why? <laughs> 
and drifted around for 10 years. So, yeah. And he was, like, mostly working as a mechanic. Um, He moved to L.A. and got a job as a a steam plant operator for L.A. Department of Water and Power. Uh, Working the valley... Uh, working the Valley Generating Station, working at the Valley Generating Station, um, before quitting out of nowhere. Just kind of got up and quit. <laughs> you know, yeah. He was not very good work ethic, I don't think. Well, it seems, like, confused. Like, it seems like he's, like, doing a lot of cool things, but, like, they don't really, like, they're not all in, like, the same direction. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he's kind of, like, bouncing around, like, trying to figure out what's working for him. And it seems like nothing is. Right. And then, um, later on, he became a boiler operator at the Jurgen Soap Factory in Burbank. And was fired for tardiness and threatening co-workers. For being late and harassing people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I wonder yeah. which one, like, put it over the top. Probably the being late. They were Probably. like, you know what? You've pissed yeah. enough people off here and you're late. Yeah. That's too much. Yeah. Like, it's just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, in 1980, Clark met Carol Bundy at Little Nashville. At Little Nashville, a bar that he frequented in the area. Okay. Um, so... He quickly moved in with her and found out that they shared the same dark sexual fanti- fetishes. Yeah. Like what? Yeah. Well, it depends. Like what? So, <laughs> well, just use your imagination. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so, Clark started bringing sex workers back to the apartment to have threesomes. And then when, uh, when Clark took an interest in an 11-year-old girl uh yeah bundy helped lure her into posing for pornographic photos i feel like you have to say their first name because when you say bundy i always think it's ted bundy i mean in this case it's carol all right all right all right got it (laughs) (laughs) maybe maybe there's relations who knows i didn't really look into it much um but so she would she pretty much helped lure this girl for into posing uh for por- pornographic pictures okay. and uh Clark quickly escalated to pedophilia or from pedophilia to talking about how much he wanted to kill a girl during sex she was just like okay yeah so Clark also talked Bundy into buying two pistols for him to use to fulfill his fantasy of killing a woman during sex and feeling her vaginal contractions during the death spasms. (gasps) (laughs) Just figure out how to make a bitch fucking come. (laughs) Like, it's the same thing, I'm sure. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like, just get better at sex. Yeah, like... You don't have to fucking kill them. Yeah, how gross is that? Find a bitch that can do a Kegel. (laughs) Like, my God. (laughs) That's ridiculous. Like, I just feel like that's just pure ignorance. Yeah, it's just... (laughs) Like, I just feel like that's... weird. It's just weird. So, in June 1980, Clark came home and told Bundy about two teenagers 
Gina Marano and Cynthia Chandler that he murdered after picking them up on the Sunset Strip. Uh, Clark ordered them to perform oral sex on him. Then he shot them both before taking them into a garage and raping their dead bodies. Yeah, he's he's real messed up. Uh, he then dumped the bodies near Ventura Highway, where they were found the next day. Yeah, he's a he's a fucked up one. It's that's so fucked. Yeah. Up. So and then Bundy felt uneasy about the situation, mm-hmm. and she phoned the police, admitting she had some knowledge of the murders, but refused to give any clues to. Well, do you Clark's think that identity. he made her bad, or do you think that she would have been bad either way? Like that's my that's always my question. I guess. So. I feel like there is just something that probably made her bad. Like, one way or like another, she, she probably would have She would have been bad either way, but she might not have been doing that. She shit. might not have acted on it as much if he wasn't in the picture. I never know a shit like that. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, Where was I? Um... So, Clark told Bundy if they were caught, he would take all the blame in hopes that she would be able to go free. Um, So, 12 days later, Clark killed two sex workers, Karen Jones and Exie Wilson. Like the others, he lured them into his car, shot them, and dumped their bodies in plain sight. But not before removing Wilson's head. With what? (laughs) Probably just cut it off. But, like, that's a fucking hard to do. Like, it's hard to do on, like, a fucking chicken. Yeah. Do you know what I mean, though? Like, what do you... What does he have, a fucking hacksaw? Probably. A chainsaw? He has something. Does he do it in the woods? (laughs) You know? Uh, Yeah, right. (laughs) Like, you have a plan if you're gonna chop off someone's fucking head. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But why? Did he hide it somewhere else? So, here's where it gets into that. It's pretty fucked up. Okay, so... Clark took her head back t- back home and stored it in the refrigerator. Okay, so he put it in the refrigerator. <laughs> uh, Bundy saw it in the refrigerator and put makeup on it before Clark used it again. What do you mean... <laughs> used it again. Probably fucked it. Oh my fucking god. Wasn't yeah. like rigor mortis set in? I mean, but that isn't like... Wouldn't your jaw be... Cl- I don't know. I don't, I don't want to think about that. All right, I have on. no clue how he did it. Or it's fucking gross. It's gross, yeah. Before so, two days now. later, the couple put the freshly cleaned head in a box and dumped it in an alleyway. And then three days after that... Why don't they just fucking throw it away? <laughs> yeah. I, like, I are you trying know. to get caught? Like, I don't know. Like, why would you put it in an alleyway? I don't know. Someone's going to find that. Maybe they wanted it to be found. I don't know. Yeah. So, three days after that, another victim was found in the woods in the San Fernando Valley. Um, the victim was a runaway named Marnette Comer who appeared to have been killed three weeks earlier, making her Clark's first known victim. 
Okay. So, so it actually started before they even knew. Yeah. So while Clark is doing his thing, uh, Carol is attending um, country music performances by Jack Murray. Murray, and uh, she, he is her former apartment manager slash lover. So, um, after one of the, after one of the shows and after drinking all night, um, Bundy was talking to Murray about what she and Clark had been doing. And Murray did not take it very lightly and he was alarmed and implied that he might call the cops. So to prevent this from happening... <laughs> oh, Bundy. So, to prevent this from happening... So she at least felt bad. Yeah. Her conscience definitely got the best of her. It doesn't make her a better person, though. No, I agree. Um, so, in August of 1980, Bundy lured Murray into his van to have sex with him, and... She shot him and decapitated him. <gasps> so she was definitely into the fucking severing of heads too then. Yeah. So, because she did not want the chance of him calling oh the cops. Oh my fucking god. Yes. So, she actually left various clues, including shell casings in the van. Um, two days later, she cracked under the pressure. And confessed to her co-workers that she killed Murray. And they called the police and she gave... Why would you feel bad about that, though? Like, you're going to confess about killing that one, but not anything else. So, I mean, they called... Yeah, I mean... They called the police and she gave a full confession to her and Clark's crimes. All right. So, she did clear it all out, you know. Um... So Clark also believed to have murdered an unidentified girl who was discovered on August 26, 1980 in Newhall, California. Uh, The victim was shot in the head and only wearing a red sweatshirt. Her face had to be um, reconstructed to identify her. Because of all the, oh like, because her body was literally just yeah, a skeleton. That's terrible. So, if that was him, that's probably his first known yeah. case. Um, so, after Clark was arrested, the murder weapons were found hidden at his workplace. Yeah. I don't know why you would keep them there, what but the yeah. Fuck? Yeah. Even if you knew, like, the person he was with knew he did it, they did it with him. He had no reason to do that. He wanted caught. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, um. I wonder if he was going to kill her and that's why she killed him. If he lured her out there. I wonder if he was, like, trying to kill her and she was like, no. Who? Wait, she killed him, right? Killed who? No. He killed her. Clark and Bundy did not kill each other. Oh, okay. No. Okay, who am I talking... Who is the last person you're talking about? Bundy killed Murray. Okay, that's what I was talking about. The country singer. Okay, okay. Um, but... So, 
all they found or they found his um weapons at his workplace which is just weird um bundy was charged with two counts of murder uh murray and an unknown victim whose killing she confessed to having been present at okay um clark was charged with six murders and acted as his own defense counsel uh and he tried to blame bundy for manipulating manipulating him into it um but i don't buy that at all and neither did and neither did the jury uh so they sentenced him to death in 1983 and as of today clark is still on california's death death row he's about 72 73 um uh bundy made a plea deal and in return of her t- for her testimony, she was sentenced to 52 years to life. Good. And in December, or so on December 9th, 2003, uh, at age 61, Bundy died from heart failure. So, she died, and Clark's still alive. And this is where it twists, and I don't... How does it twist any fucking more than that? I don't understand this that much, but for some reason, there was uh, some doubt on the nature of Clark's conviction. What do you mean on the nature of it? So, criminologist Christopher Barry D. contested that Clark could have could could um provide alibis for five of the seven murders that he was convicted of but the judge did not allow it but here's my thing with that how is he getting charged for the murder of murray whenever it was bundy yeah unless he had more to do with it then than what it said. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I have no clue. Um, that is weird, though. Yeah, so... The judge didn't allow that, which I agree with. Uh, and Bundy's testimony was proven to be highly incons- inconsistent. Um, she first claimed that Clark had murdered... Jane Doe 18 two weeks before her interview on August 11th without her involvement or knowledge um when she was told that she had a that Clark had an alibi for that date she was allowed to change her story okay but what I'm saying is she I'm not trying to play that she's a victim, but she could be kind of traumatized from all this stuff just because well, her car con- like, got her. Stockholm syndrome. Like it sounds like she was fucked up anyways, but like she was very fucking unlucky. But like it, it's not She's not innocent by any means, no, but it's not But it's it's not unlikely that you wouldn't remember exact yeah. dates and stuff I agree. like um so They let her change her story. Bundy also claimed that police let her take $3,000 out of Murray's bank account. And then said that the police took the money. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah, it was just weird. But that is Doug Clark and Carol Carol Bundy, the Hollywood Slashers. That's weird. That yeah. one was weird. It was very it felt weird. felt bad for her, kind of. Like, not really, because she fucked up a lot, too. But, like, I felt like he was obviously the aggressor. Right. You know, he had way more intention behind shit than she did. Not that she's not a fucking psychotic bitch, either. Right. But, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, they're both fucking crazy. Alright, I think that concludes today's episode. Episode two, we did it! Episode two. It's been so much fun learning all this shit. This is fun. Sometimes I don't like it being in my brain, but... (laughs) Yeah, I mean, but that's why we smoke weed. Then it leaves. (laughs) Yeah, so along with everything else. Yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely. Um, so... Like us on Facebook, rate us on iTunes, and you guys have a great night. Love, love, bye bye.